You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your midday news for Friday, March 1st, 2024. More details have been provided on a structure fire that occurred yesterday afternoon in Glidden. The Glidden Fire Department was dispatched at approximately 2.40 p.m. to 526 East 4th Street, a home owned by Timothy Willie, and upon arriving on the scene, flames were observed coming out of the garage, according to firefighters. The Carroll, Ralston, Litterdale, Lanesboro, and Dedham Fire Departments all assisted at the scene, as well as the Glidden Emergency Medical Services and Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Crews were on site for about four hours, fighting extreme winds to diminish flames and keep the fire from spreading. All occupants inside the house managed to exit the dwelling without injuries during the fire. An investigation is still ongoing, but initial reports indicate a wood-burning stove in the garage is the likely cause of yesterday's fire. The Willie House is deemed a total loss, and the neighbor's house to the east of the residence also received damage. More information, if relevant, will be provided following the conclusion of the department's investigation. The Carroll County Pheasants Forever Chapter invites the public to join them tomorrow evening at the Arcadia Legion Hall for the organization's annual banquet in support of local conservation. Stephanie Hausman, one of the group's board members, says the event begins at 5 p.m. And our doors open at 5 p.m. for Plan the Hunt, which is also, I questioned that. So I called the guys and I'm like, what's Plan the Hunt? It's a social hour, but the guys call it Plan the Hunt. And then dinner starts at 6 p.m. and we will start our live auction promptly at 7.30. The evening's meal includes a steak dinner provided by Arcadia Meats and prepared by the Carroll County Cattlemen. Houseman says they've expanded their auction this year and the event features something for everyone. We've got kids stuff that goes down on in the basement with uh, the BB shooting, and a lot of the kids get $10 gift cards to Subway. we got the women's table with the 10 baskets. We've got general raffle. we got silent auctions. We've got a lot more guns. We're excited about that. It's just, it's a great night. And- a Carroll County Pheasants Forever membership and meal can be purchased that evening for $60. Additional meals are $25 each. Houseman says not only is the banquet a fun night for attendees, but nearly 100% of what they raise goes to conservation programs in Carroll County. The really great thing about our local chapter is all the money that's raised stays here. So unlike some of the other things that you might support, the money might go elsewhere or to different regions. The Carroll County Pheasants Forever, the money stays here. We truly try to find like maybe land acquisitions or help for tree planting. It gets the kids out. We do a kids hunt, teaching the kids about outdoor life instead of, you know, being inside. We want kids outside enjoying hunter safety, things like that. So it's it really does benefit Carroll County. We've got a great board and I actually invite everybody to go onto our Facebook page because it has a lot of a lot of great detail on the things that are going to go on that auction night, but it also tells you when we have a hunter safety course or if we're going to take kids out to hunt things like that it's it's a great page to follow again doors open at five o'clock in the arcadia legion hall for the 2024 carroll county pheasants forever banquet dinner begins at 6 p.m with the live auction to follow at 7 30 p.m tickets are available at the door A Manson man was killed yesterday afternoon following a UTV and pickup crash on Highway 20 in Calhoun County. According to the Iowa State Patrol, the collision occurred at approximately 3.33 p.m. near the county line with Webster County. Authorities say a 2020 John Deere UTV operated by 84-year-old Michael Donald Leith of Manson 
was traveling northbound on Zeering Avenue and failed to yield the right-of-way to an eastbound 2007 Ford Taurus driven by 88-year-old William Oscar Peterson of Moreland. Following the crash, both vehicles came to rest in the median east of the intersection. Leith was pronounced dead at the scene. Peterson sustained minor injuries but was not transported for medical treatment. The Iowa State Patrol was assisted at the scene by the Calhoun County Sheriff's Office, Neerham Fire Department, Calhoun County Emergency Medical Services, and the Iowa Department of Transportation Motor Vehicle Enforcement. And the birthplace at St. Anthony Regional Hospital is celebrating the rare occurrence of a baby known as a leapling or a baby born on February 29th, which lands on the calendar only once every four years. Kevin and Renee Graving welcomed their daughter, Elvia Ruth, at 12.18 a.m. Thursday morning. Elvia came in weighing 7 pounds and measuring 18 inches. The birthplace staff congratulated the Gravings on their unique new family member, and they said they were honored to be part of their special delivery. And we do need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. There's more news on the way right after this on KCIM. Your ag business is specialized and your needs are unique to your operations. That's why Heritage Insurance and Real Estate works with Nationwide to help identify those needs and provide the adequate coverage needed to protect your risks. Whether you're a feed, seed, grain, or fertilizer dealer or have operations involved with agriculture, Heritage Insurance and Real Estate can assist your operations with the specialized coverage that you need. We will protect your operations so you can continue to do your business. Contact Heritage Insurance and Real Estate, your only local premier certified agency at any of our three locations, Audubon, Coon Rapids, and Jefferson. Products are underwritten by Nationwide Company Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Drees Company is expanding with a new position. Right now, Drees Company is looking for a service department coordinator. Responsibilities include receiving all completed work orders from the service techs, ordering parts, entering purchase orders, checking in freight, and processing invoices. Plus, you must be able to provide Drees-level customer service. This is a full-time position with excellent benefits at a growing company that values and rewards integrity and hard work. To apply, email your resume to sdrees at dreesco.com. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. Governor Kim Reynolds and Iowa Workforce Development have introduced a new mobile office to assist unemployed Iowans in all areas of the state. The Iowa Works Mobile Workforce Center is a state-of-the-art 32-foot vehicle designed to extend workforce services across Iowa, especially in regions lacking physical offices. The mobile unit is similar to an American job center on wheels and aims to swiftly respond to business closures or layoffs and engage with communities and job fairs. The vehicle features 10 computer workstations for job searches and unemployment claim assistance, along with two 40-inch monitors for workshops and fairs. The mobile center also boasts an ADA-accessible entrance and will augment Iowa's existing 18 Iowa Works offices. Governor Reynolds says Iowa, work for, uh, Iowa Works Mobile Workforce Center was born from the response to the pandemic's impact on our economy. Nearly 100,000 Iowans lost or left their jobs between January and June of 2020, and while thousands have since returned to work, Iowa still faces an urgent need for more workers. The Iowa Works Mobile Workforce Center will help ensure Iowa has the workers we need to thrive and grow by bringing career planning assistance to out-of-work Iowans anywhere in the state. The vehicle will begin deployment across the state next week, prioritizing areas with higher unemployment rates or labor force challenges, as well as those lacking a local Iowa Works office. Links with more information about the Mobile Workforce Center are included online. 
And Sac County is looking to make emergency medical services an essential service in the county to guarantee funding for the much-needed operation uh, of their services there. District 3 Sac County Board of Supervisor James Whistler says no laws require the EMS to be available in counties. Whistler says that making it an essential service would allocate funding from the general fund provided through tax levies to the EMS service, which would be guaranteed for 15 years. When I came into this position five, a little over five years ago, it was brought up that it wasn't an essential service, and I guess I was shocked that it wasn't. I've asked a few people of my constituents that would you say that your ambulance service would be an essential service, and most of them will say, well, absolutely. Since the state legislators and the governor has put the restrictions on the county of our percents that we can raise our budgets, so it's a way to remove this service out of the general basic and get it in its own line item so it will always be funded. At least two and potentially three public hearings will be held in May for county residents to come and listen to the plan as well as voice any concerns they have about the resolution. The exact dates will be announced in a few weeks as they must be published 60 days before the meeting dates. Whistler says the public needs to be on board in order to make the change. It would take a vote of the public. We're going to set up an advisory board, hopefully representation from all nine towns, member of the Board of Supervisors, and probably head of our ambulance to sit on an advisory board to advise the Board of Supervisors, a way that the public can have input on the cost and the, the levies that they want, if any, that they want to uh, put to a vote in November. Currently, EMS receives funds from the general fund account, but depending on county spending, that figure can increase or decrease based on available money. By being an essential service, the EMS operations could get up to 1% income surtax revenue or $0.75 per $1,000 of assessed taxable valuation, or they could get both depending on the advisory committee's recommendations. Whistler says they will not be cutting the service or cut funding to EMS no matter what. He's just wanting to give the rural operation a more secure future. It's just a way to move the funding to another line item to free up monies for other services that are funded out of the general basic levy and a way to guarantee that the public will have these services. If the public does vote to make Sac County EMS an essential service, the advisory board will propose a tax levy rate for the Board of Supervisors to consider and approve. The public is encouraged to attend the public hearings scheduled for May to voice their opinions and their concerns. That is going to be wrapping up your KCIM Midday News for Friday, March 1st, 2024. For these stories and many more, check us out online by following us on Facebook and X, on the web at 1380kcim.com, or through our Carol Broadcasting mobile app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. I'm Nathan Cohn's reporting, wishing you a great weekend.